Hello everyone, I'm Pastor Rick Hawkins of Quest Church in Norman, Oklahoma. I want to thank you all for joining us today. This podcast is going to be informative, insightful, and inspirational for your life. Listen every week because we'll have a special word just for you.
special day. And just shout with me again, identified, and you may have your seat. I choose this text uh, to share with you today because what happens in this story is that a daddy shows up and a daughter is healed. A daddy shows up and a daughter is healed. I don't want to make this a secret to you today. That's why I chose this text. I chose it because what better text to read, Gino, on Father's Day than a text in which a father shows up like a superhero. A father shows up with a request. A father shows up in desperation as I read it. A father shows up in angst as I read it. A father shows up pleading. A father, a synagogue ruler, a man that is used to walking in some sense of authority, a man that is used to walking in some sense of position amongst his peers, finds himself Patrick on his knees and laying at the feet of Jesus. It is amazing how life's circumstances will force us on our knees no matter who we are and what we are. Can I get an amen? And Jairus, I'll give you the good stuff, is Jairus found himself on his knees for the right reason. He didn't find himself on his knees be, be, be because of some addiction, Joe. He didn't find himself on his knees because of some problematic thing he had going on in his life. He found himself on his knees at the feet of Jesus. In other words, this man had common sense enough and good sense enough to find the right place to go, which was to the feet of Jesus. Why did he come to Jesus? He came to Jesus because he knew that Jesus was a healer. He came to Jesus because in the synagogue, the Bible tells us that it had been Jesus' regular custom to go to the synagogue. And we know that in the synagogues, Jesus had been healing people. And he had been healing people outside the synagogues. And so Jairus, being the father that he was, went to the right place. He went to Jesus on behalf of his daughter because his daughter was sick unto dying. And he pleased with Jesus, come to my house and heal my daughter. Here early in this message, I want to remind you to go to the right place, daddy, because I know I have some daddies in here. We're going to work on this word here for, for a second. Go, 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 go to Jesus with the problem. Look at your neighbor and tell him, go to Jesus with the problem. Because this is a word uh, uh, for fathers, but this is also a word for anyone today. This is a word for anyone. And there are too many of us that, that, that we don't go to him first. We go everywhere else before we go to him, which is what we're going to see here in just a moment. We're going to see here in just a moment uh, uh, that there is a lady that went everywhere else first, Brother JC. And then she came to Jesus last. And we're going to see what happened to her. But with Jairus, the Bible doesn't say that Jairus spent all his money everywhere else and then came to Jesus. No, the first thing that he did is he went straight to Jesus and Jesus took care of the problem. I just want to dare you, daddy, to go to Jesus with the problem today. Go to Jesus with the problem. Go to Jesus with the problem. What does that mean, Pastor Dustin? That means sometimes you got to remember his thoughts are not your thoughts. His ways are not your ways. Sometimes you got to remember that even 
in his daddy, you still got to trust in him as your daddy and your father. Sometimes God will do something even in your household that's out of your control. And you got to learn to trust him, daddy. And you got to learn to stick with him, daddy. If you're a daddy in here and you know that Jesus always goes to work for you, then I want you to give God a praise in this place. He's a good daddy. He's a good daddy. He is a good, good father. And that's the obvious. This is the obvious from the story that Jairus comes to the right place. And just like a good Father's Day story, we see a daughter healed because a daddy shows up. There's a few things I wrote down that I just want to state. And I think that there would be a spirit of agreement in this place concerning these statements that never has the importance of the role of a father and the position of a man been diminished like it is in the culture that we live in now. Can I make that statement? I want to make that statement because it is critically important for us always, especially concerning the spiritual dynamic of our life to understand the times that we live in. The times that you live in will always play a role in the spiritual dynamic of your life. In other words, the things that may be of forefront importance to you spiritually might not be the same things uh, for somebody else that lived somewhere in another place and time and amongst another culture and generation. And so in order to be uh, 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 spiritually uh, uh, fervent and mature, we have to understand the times that we live in. And we live in a time that never has the importance of a father, uh, the, the role of a father and position of a man uh, be diminished. And not just diminished, but I'll step out there and say attacked like it is in this generation. Now there's some things I don't think that I need to state because I think that they are obvious in, in this place. Uh, but I just wanted to state them uh, to bring you on page concerning uh, uh, the spirit of this message. In the book of Malachi, in chapter number 4, and Malachi is a prophet in Scripture who's one of the minor prophets and one of the last guys that said anything from heaven's throne room before Jesus shows up on earth. And Malachi, in chapter number 4, and verse 5, says, Behold... I will send you Elijah the prophet before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. And he says, and he shall turn the heart of the fathers to the children and the heart of the children to their fathers, lest I come and smite the earth with a curse. And we see within this prophecy that God desires appropriate relational dynamic between fathers and their offspring. As a matter of fact, we see within this text that God seems to be built in such a way and, 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 and be driven in such a way that if he does not see this dynamic at work, he says that I'm going to curse the, the, the earth. I'm going to smite the earth with a, a, a curse. Culture and society has diminished the role of the father and attempted to destroy God's institution of family. And this spirit has been given passage 
way into the body of Christ and has attempted to spiritually emasculate the institution of the spiritual father because spirits that are anti-Christ and anti-God and anti-God's order and position know that where God is in position, his blessing resides. And when things are out of position between fathers and their posterity, that God's curse is always there. Can I get some help? I don't want to talk too fast. I don't want to speak uh, too fast, but I certainly want you to catch when I came to deposit. The father in scripture means two things mainly. You can study it in Hebrew and, and Greek. You can study it in both, and you're going to find out that, in essence, father means three things. Father means a chief, a principal, and actually four things. I want to, I want to give you four. A chief, principal, an author, and a builder. Okay. Okay. A chief, a principal, an author, and a builder. One way that we understand it, and Gino, you'll understand this, and for those of you that didn't know anything about the way movies are made or that music is made, in essence, what it means is to be the producer. It means to be the producer. It means to bring into public what was created in private. It means to author, to bring into public and put on display what was authored or written or created in private. You know, one of the prophecies in Scripture asks us, what shall we do? Speaking of us as the righteous, if the foundations be destroyed. What shall we do if the foundations be destroyed? Can I just submit this thought to you? That maybe the enemy has subtly been, very subtly been destroying our foundation. And that is why the production called the body of Christ has suddenly lost its stage on the earth in this hour. What shall the righteous do if the foundations be destroyed? What do you mean, Pastor Dustin? Well, when I said this statement concerning that the role of a father, and then, you know, I define it for you here, uh, uh, being d d diminished, um, it it's because when I look at God's plan, and when I read his word, my, my concern comes from my perspective of God's plan and his word, which is that God's plan and his word is a patriarchal work. Oh, Lord, I'm going to go there. I'm going to go there. I'm going to go there because I'm fully aware that I live in an era in a generation where the work of the patriarch in detail is being attacked. As a matter of fact, in institutions of education, probably just down the street right now, young people's brains, their psyche are being picked apart concerning the perspective of patriarchal works and pictures. And I got to remind you, it's the body of Christ. Yes, I'm aware it's 2022. That's why I don't have my coat and tie on, even though, Brother JC, you look so clean. And, and, and I wish I could look that clean. And honestly, it's because I ain't as in shape as you are. That's why I don't have it on. But, but my outfit shows I'm aware 
of what year it is. I'm aware of what generation we live in. But it does not change that the work of God is a patriarchal work. God is, is not a, a, a mama. We're going to talk about it as much as you might want him to be mama. God ain't never going to be mama. God gave himself to us as daddy. 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 Everyone say daddy. 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 Just say it again. Daddy. Daddy. Because I know it's cool for kids to call their daddy by their first name and stuff now. Not in my house. Not the way I was raised. Everyone say daddy. 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 The Bible's a patriarchal work. It's a story of patriarchs. It's a story of fathers. As a matter of fact, God himself loved the world so much that what? He gave his what? Only begotten son. The story of scripture at its foundation is the story of a relationship between a father and a son. When God called Abram, he called a father. When God wanted to create a people for himself, he literally picked a man named Abram. And this is important because Abram means exalted father. And he changed his name to Abraham, which means a father of many nations. Y'all hadn't lost me. I'm... I am going somewhere. We're just observing the scenery on this beautiful little ride we're on right now. The father speaks. The father appoints. The father sets. And the father names. Without a father, the passion and the zeal that Solomon had to build the temple of God would have never been there. Solomon had a purpose because he had a daddy. And sometimes I wonder, and I, I have so much scripture I can walk through right now to show you the power of a father defining purpose in the earth. But sometimes I wonder, do we lack purpose in this generation because we lack the spirit of a father? Can I get some help? Can I just submit to you that maybe purpose would be easier to come by if we would keep ourselves in a little bit better position within the body of Christ? Father speaks, he appoints, he sets, he names. I realize, like many of you, that the battle for a soul, a family, a society, a people, is simply a battle for the position of a father. If you can mess this up, you can mess up everything else. Let me say it again. The battle for your soul, the battle for your family, society, for God's plan, it's the battle for the position of a father. Why is this important to me today, Pastor Dustin? Well, where are you with all of it? Where are you with your relationship with your daddy? Well, I don't have one. Well, who's your spiritual father? Well, I don't have one. Well, you should find one. Well, I do have one, but it's not all right. Well, you should make it right. How are you as a father and a spiritual father? I said this here recently in my house, that it is the axis points of our life we're in a series and we just come off a message called dealing with doors and it's the axis points of our life that determine the access of our life or its accessibility 
It's the things that we make important in life that we define as access points in our life that determine how our life is going to come and go and who and what is going to come and go out of our life. How is the access point of the position of fathering in your life? It ought to be of the utmost importance. The role of a father in any life in this building should not be one that's in the back of your mind. It should be a role that is important to you whether you are a father, whether you have a father, or you don't have a physical father. You still must understand that the role of a father in my life is a critical one. Can somebody say amen? amen. This is no new battle. This is why the Apostle Paul wrote to the Corinthian church, and he's, he's going through all this stuff with them. And he said, I didn't write you all this stuff to shame you. In 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 14, he said, but as my beloved children, I warn you, for though you have 10,000 instructors in Christ, yet you have not many fathers. For in Christ Jesus, I have begotten you through the gospel. It is insinuating you can know everything there is to know. But without the presence of a father in your life, the information can only get you so far. As a matter of fact, Paul was, was getting on to the church at Corinth because he's saying y'all are leaning on information too much. And you're forgetting the relational dynamic that the information is coming through. I want to ask you, do you have a spiritual father in your life? Do you have a spiritual father in your life? I'm going to skip through some of what I had to say so I can wrap up here. But I want to remind you that God, as a father, is his most predominant characteristic. God as a father is his most predominant characteristic. It is the choice to position himself as a father. Lord, this is not a popular kind of message in this hour right here. That's why I love preaching it so much. It is the choice to position himself as a father that avails him with the heart that gave birth to his will as we know it. It is the choice of God to position himself as a father that avails him the heart that gave birth to his will as we know it. The book of Ephesians in chapter 1, the apostle Paul talks about this. And again, I'm wrapping up. And we'll close in our text. I hadn't forgot our story. We're coming back to it. The Apostle Paul says, May God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ give you grace and peace. And I read that just to note how he references God as Father. And he says, All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing, in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ. Even before he made the world, God loved us and chose us in Christ 
to be holy and without fault. In his eyes, God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted us to do, and it gave him great pleasure. So we praise God for the glorious grace that he has poured out on us who belong to his dear son. He is so rich in kindness and grace that he purchased our freedom with the blood of his son and forgave our sins. He has showered his kindness on us along with all wisdom and understanding. What he's saying is that he chose us to convey his will to us from the position of a father. Do you understand that? When God chose you, when God created you, when God called you, when God designed your purpose and decided who and what you were going to be in this earth, God did it through the eyes of daddy. God did it from the position of a father. God was daddy to you before he was savior to you, before he was friend to you, before he was brother to you. God was daddy to you. God was father to you. Can you give God praise just for it being Father's Day and for him being such a good father? So, to this generation in this era, to confuse or erase the understanding of a father, what a father is, is to confuse the very will of God. To confuse what a father is, is to confuse the very Wheel of God. I'm going to skip over my Malachi verse of scripture, Brit. And I want to go back to our text. And I'll close with this. If you will read here in our text, as I stated, I chose this text today because in this story, a daughter was healed because a daddy showed up. That's what I told you. And I, I preached to you here and deposited some things to you concerning what a father is and how God is a father. But I also remember the name of this message. How many of y'all remember? Identified. Identified. I want you to look here. And I saw this last year, and I got so tickled, Dad, because I had never seen this. And this was one of those things, after reading this story a million times as a preacher and someone that loves to dig for revelation, this one had always slipped me. And when I read it, I'm just going to give it to you since we're just talking, and it's my Father's Day, too. I'm happy all my kids are here, but especially my daughter. I'm so Mike, there we go. Beat it right back in. <laughs> um, but I'm, I'm so glad you're here with me today, Demera. Um, but, <laughs> but as a father, I was reading this message and, and, and uh, reading this text, and I thought about what the Apostle Paul had written to the church at Corinth. And if you'll go to our text, we saw the obvious. The obvious is that Jairus's daughter gets healed because Jairus left the house 
and went and found Jesus. That's what we preached about at the beginning of the sermon. Am I right? And so she winds up being healed. Her daughter that was in the house was healed because she was in the house, because she was a daughter who had a daddy. But if you're reading here in the middle of what's going on with Jairus and Jesus, Virgil, this woman comes down that's had this issue of blood for 12 years and decides within herself, after spending her money on everything else and spend everything she had, if I can just touch the hem of his garment, then I shall be made whole. You know, you can go ahead and play because I'm going to shut it down right here if you don't mind. Uh, but I don't want you to miss this here. She said, if I could just touch the hem of his garment. This is important because a garment in this time that we're reading about in Scripture represents everything that a man is all about, you see. You see, when Jairus showed up to Jesus, Jairus would have been wearing a garment too. And what Jairus' garment would have been telling everybody is exactly who Jairus was. You would have known that Jairus was the ruler of a synagogue because of the mantle he was wearing and the garment he was wearing. You would have known exactly who Jairus was and what kind of position that he held because of the mantle that he was wearing. In other words, everything that Jairus represented in relation to his business and his household, Brother JC, were all wrapped up in that mantle. And I just thought how powerful it is that this woman thought to herself, if I can just touch, not Jesus, but touch the garment that he's wearing, the mantle that he's wearing, the mantle that represents his covering, his authority, his position. In other words, it's an acknowledgement that I need a certain position in my life. And maybe if I could just get that thing right, right there, that I can be made whole, that I can be made whole. And there's so much we skipped over. Twelve years. Twelve represents government structure and order and scripture. We know this. There's so much that we could look at. She touches it. And, of course, the Bible says that virtue went out of Jesus. Because relational dynamic with him matters. You can come to church and get one thing. But you can come to church and have a spiritual daddy and get something else out of, out of the whole situation. What God is trying to show us is it's your approach to me that determines what you get out of me concerning the depths of who I am. The church in this hour and in the earth is shallow because we only touch Jesus on a shallow level. And so Jesus never deposits anything back into us that's any kind of deep because we never acknowledge him for any kind of depth that he carries in our life. He's just somebody we go and brush up against on a Sunday. But if there will ever be a body of people in this earth that will say, I ain't just trying to brush up against him on a Sunday. I'm trying to get up under his mantle. I want everything that he has to offer. I want spiritual fathering in my life that I promise you that the church and the earth would see God deposit something in response like we have never seen before so Jesus looks and says it the first and only time the first and only time daughter everyone say identified, identified. Jesus has a unique way 
of identifying in us real quickly not only what the problem was but also the role of functionality that will carry wholeness into our future Jesus never touched anyone without identifying for them what it would take for them to walk in that healing in that wholeness as they move forward into their future and so when Jesus looks at her and says daughter what he is doing is defining for her the role that she must walk in to walk in the healing that she has received for herself. Do you see it? Do you see it? Do you see it? And then my favorite part, my favorite part is these servants. And you can all stand. You can all stand. This is my favorite part of this whole story. Can I just give it to you the way I saw it? it is right when all this is happening, right when all this is happening, these servants run up there and they tell Jairus leave the teacher alone <laughs> leave the teacher alone your daughter's dying and the Bible says that Jesus heard it and it's almost like Jesus turned around as if to say I didn't show up as teacher right here I showed up as daddy right here I think just hearing that made something come up out of him. And I think the lesson learned for us is if we would allow certain adjustments within ourselves that are getting more and more difficult as a member of the body of Christ to make, if we would make them, that God would respond in a profound way as he did in our text here in Luke chapter number 8. This is the most difficult era anyone has ever had to live in in regards to maintaining spiritual position in your life. The enemy has an agenda from hell that is running a million miles an hour out there in, in culture if you hadn't figured it out. Daddy is no longer. This generation don't want to hear nothing about daddy. This generation don't want nothing to do with no kind of daddy. Get daddy as far away from everything. The idea of what daddy is. No, daddies are supposed to be mamas too. We got emojis with men carrying babies in their bellies. All that. I think we, you're all clued into what I'm saying here. But we as the body of Christ, not just for the sake of the black and white principle, but for the sake of the will of God and God's very essence and DNA must come into some kind of agreeability with the spirit of God. And when it comes down to brass tacks, i.e., is a father a father? We as the church must say yes and amen. Daddy is daddy like he's always been. And daddy is as needed now as he's ever been. Identified. Identified. Let's give God praise for this word. Father, we thank you for what you've come to deposit in us today. Father, I thank you for a group of people right here in Norman, Oklahoma. Father, I thank you for a group of people right down in San Antonio, Texas, that, Father, will walk in agreeability with your spirit. Father, we thank you that you are Father, you are Daddy. We thank you for your Son, Jesus Christ. Father, we thank you that when you two teamed up 
When y'all teamed up as daddy and son, God, when you as a father decided to, to, to give this responsibility to your son, Father, we thank you that y'all's relationship was so strong that it saved all of us in here. Father, we thank you for the purpose found in it. We thank you for your plan. We thank you for your will. We promise to walk in agreeability in every area of our life. We promise to straighten out what's crooked. We promise to make clear what has become encumbered. Father, we thank you for the strength, the clarity, and the ability to do this. In the name of Jesus and by your spirit, amen and amen. I love you, Quest Church. I'll see you all soon.